The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show, brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. All right, an App State beatdown on the Pirates tonight. The score says 30. 33 to 19 it did not feel that close in the duke's mayo classic appalachian state all over ecu tonight dominating the trenches and really winning uh, in all phases of the game 317-1250 is the number on the debut edition in the 2021 season of the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show with our new co-host billy weaver alongside we've uh that was an ugly one tonight. In yeah, Charlotte. it was ugly all the way around, and nothing that I expected. I really expected East Carolina to come out and play much better. Uh, you know, it, it just didn't happen tonight. And I, I don't, you know, I'm taking nothing from App State. Good team, but I don't, are, are they really that good? They were tonight. 317 1250. We'll get to your calls when we kick off the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call in show right after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All righty. Welcome in to our week one edition of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Call-In Show. Taking your calls after a Pirate loss, 33-19 to Appalachian State. App State really doing whatever they wanted to do offensively tonight against ECU. And our offense uh, could not move the ball against Appalachian State for much of the evening. 317-1250 is the number. And we have lines locked and loaded. Clip Rock, Billy Weaver here. We'll get uh, Weaver's thoughts uh, on the game as we go along. But we have calls locked and loaded. So we'll go ahead and clear some lines. Josh, James, Cameron, hang on. We'll start with Cav in Jacksonville. Hello, Cav. Hey, buddy. Go ahead. Hey, uh, this, is, uh, this is for Billy Weaver. Uh, how long are we going to hang our hopes on the um, on the arm of a left-handed quarterback that just cannot throw it straight. He can't throw it strong. Um, he, he he just can't do it. Well, and that's my question. All right. Well, I, t- I tell you what, the Holt Nailers is, you know, I, I've seen some of the comments on social media saying Holt Nailers is not a uh, Division One quarterback. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. You know, a problem tonight and a big problem was, and I saw it, and I think everybody saw it, um, you know, Holton did have some bad throws. He threw off his back foot a couple of times, but his offensive line didn't help him out. Now, I heard all offseason how offense, this offensive line was much improved. They had some additions to the offensive line. Those guys didn't play as a co- cohesive unit. And let me tell you what, I didn't see a whole lot of that offensive line protecting for Holton tonight. Also, I didn't see a whole lot of up-tempo calls, um, you know, especially down in when they were behind big in the fourth quarter. I expected to see them on their last few possessions. Matter of fact, there was nine or ten minutes left to go when ECU had gotten the ball back, and I'm thinking, okay, each time they get a possession here from here on out, they've got to be in a two-minute situation. They've got to have an up-tempo kind of, of play. I didn't see that i think holton performs a little bit better in that up tempo in that up tempo uh style and i didn't see it so i think there's a lot of blame to go around on that offense um i think holton's a good quarterback i just think you know he's 
tonight is just he didn't have it, and I don't think anybody on that that offensive side had anything. Um, and, and you got to give a lot of credit to to App State's defense as well. They played fast. They're a very fast defense. They're not the biggest defense uh, that you're going to see all all year, but they're very fast. They fly to the ball, and they they brought a lot of pressure that uh, the ECU offensive line couldn't pick up. Also, I don't know how much confidence right now they have in a backup. They seem very reluctant, the coaches did, on naming Mason Garcia even the second-string quarterback. And if Holt Naylor struggles uh, like he did throughout the year this year, if they had a guy ready to go, I would think they would put him in. But I don't know how confident they are in what's behind Holt Naylor's right now at uh, quarterback for East Carolina. All right, 317-1250, a line opens up. You can give us a call. Also, check us out on Facebook Live and on YouTube. We are live, and the chat is blowing up on uh, Facebook Live. So uh, you can chime in there as well. Let's go to Cameron in Charlotte next. Hey, Cameron. Hey, what's up, Clip? All the way back right now after that defeat. Listen, I fully expected ECU to lose that game. Uh, I just didn't expect us to look so horrible offensively and defensively to start start the game after that touchdown by Keith Mitchell. I mean, offensive line couldn't block anybody. I mean, it was terrific. I thought the offensive line was supposed to improve. Uh, you can say what you want. Holden had a bad game, but you can say what you want. But he's took, taking a beating in his time at quarterback here at ECU because the offensive line cannot block. And if the offensive line plays like they did tonight the rest of the season, we're, we're going to win four games again. Um, and another thing, the defense, you know, I was looking, apart from Jaquan McMillan, I thought our defense was supposed to be some sharks. Uh, we looked like some dolphins out there. Tonight. I mean, we couldn't get any pressure on Chase Bryce. He was just slinging it up on the field like he was Tom Brady. Um, until it, we, we did a little bit of a better job in the second half. But, I mean, I thought we were supposed to be some sharks. I was looking forward to the defense. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is. App State is a better program than we are right now. We just need to understand that. I didn't expect us to win. I will say this, though. I think it is kind of impressive how bad we look that we only lost by 13 points. I mean, in previous years, we probably lost by 45. Uh, yeah. So a 13-point loss, I mean, that, that's pretty impressive considering how truly horrific we look. Well, i tell you what, it could have been a whole totally different game. If it's 20-13 to 13 at halftime, which we fully thought it was going to be after that Hail Mary and, and it was reversed. I mean, if you look at it, the penalties and bad calls, or specifically more specifically that bad call, at the end of the first half by the referees. I think, you know, once you make that that call on the field that it's a touchdown, how you take that off the board that that you have to have conclusive evidence, video evidence. I didn't see it. The announcers didn't see it either. That's that's one of the better calls the announcers made all night. But the penalties, that bad call, there's three potential touchdowns that were taken off the board because yeah, if you remember, yeah, two wiped you, out. Right, two wiped out that were actual touchdowns that were wiped out. And if you think and about the it, Holt the Holton Aylers yeah. run that was called back because because of a hold, he got down inside the 10-yard line. You assume they're at least going to get a field goal there, maybe even a touchdown. That's potentially, potentially yeah. three touchdowns off the board. And like I said, 20-13 to 13 at halftime, you're right back in that game. And they got a stop just, to start the second That's half. right. They had a stop right at the start. And as a matter of fact, they scored that next drive after the stop in the second half that got the field goal. Yeah, that, I mean, that is one way to look at it. The Pirates left some points on the board, and, and the refs uh, didn't help them with that. But if App State wanted to score more at the end of that game, they probably could have True. the way the night was going. They, uh, you know, took the air out of the ball and, and just kept that clock rolling late in the game. All right, Cameron, thanks for calling in. Good to hear your voice. I know we'll hear from you throughout the uh, 2021 season. Let's go next to James in Alabama. Hey, James. Hey, how are you guys? All right. 
Hey, well, I can imagine a long night ahead here, uh, Eastern Standard Time. At least in the Central, it's at 10. Um, but just looking at, you know, two years, you lose to Sunbelt School. You have under 100 yards rushing in both games. Where does ECU stand as a program? That's the big thing where I think a lot of folks have a over-expectation of where we are as a program. The most frustrating thing is the offensive line because we're not effective running the ball. There's not a lot of efficient offense that's being ran. And when you look at a possessive and aggressive offense, there's just not that excitement with offense. And that's where I think, just my thought and perspective, where the most frustrating portion is, is how do you make an offense effective and exciting? And maybe we got too too spoiled by a up-tempo, fast-paced offense, which right now for East Carolina, we you just don't see it. Um, so we'd love to hear your feedback on where that stands, where that moves forward. And I'll hang up from here. Thanks. Well, I, I do have to agree that we don't see that up-tempo offense anymore. And I think that's what happens is when you try to become more of a running style team, which Mike Houston wants to run the football. He wants to control the line of scrimmage. And last year we saw really good glimpses of that. We saw that uh, with Rajay Harris um, and and the, the games that he had. And we had talked about that in the pregame show, how they were a much better, they are a much better running team as what we saw last last year. Now, what, what happens is, is you become less of a tempo team. You can't be a tempo team, and you can't be a run-based team. you got to be one or the other, or you got to mix it up, and that's the problem. And But I think it's got to be situational, I because, was, because I, at the end of the game, I was ready to see some up-tempo. Yeah, I, I don't really know what that – it was almost like the Pirates were, were I don't want to say quitting, but they were like, we're not going to come back. Let's uh, run the clock. I, I will say this, the last time ECU – had a thousand yard rusher was Ventavius Cooper in that high paced offense. Right. The closest we've been to that is Breon Allen the following year, which was in that high paced offense. Yep. So, I mean, you can do it. A lot of that was probably teams were terrified of Shane Carden and Justin Hardy. So we had more running lanes, but that is not the style of football that Mike Houston and, and Donnie Kirkpatrick are, are wanting to play right now. Yeah, and that's the thing is when you're very successful at one thing, you're able to pick apart teams with the other part. Like you said, that that team was able to pick apart teams um, with with Justin Hardy and and all the weapons that they had offensively, Shane Carden and those guys. I mean, they had so many weapons offensively that you get those sneaky yards in rushing. Um, at the end of, of games and when you're putting putting teams away and stuff like that. So I, I think each part of the game kind of feeds off of one another, but you got to have something that's successful. And tonight, nothing offensively was successful. <laughs> Charlie on Twitter, why didn't we call timeouts with two minutes to play and down by 14? That's not ECU football. I'll hang up and listen. And he has the uh, Steve Logan picture up. <laughs> you go for it go every, every time. time. They did not show that uh, intensity tonight at the end of the game. They basically said this one's over and uh, you guys can uh, have it. At least when they kicked that field goal, then they scored a touchdown. And we're like, okay, let's try an onside kick here. Right. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was a little confusing. All right. Uh, Josh is up next in Raleigh. Hey, Josh. 
Hey, how y'all doing? Um, so I'd like to start out by wishing Jeff Comper a, a lifetime of paper cuts on a daily basis because the, the decisions that were made set us on this train wreck of a, a football program and basketball program that we've, we've been able to enjoy over the last you know decade. And honestly, I, not a question, but I, I'm just tired, man. I, I've, I've invested a significant amount of emotional capital over the last 20 years of my life in, in ECU football and ECU and basketball. And the only shining, you know, beacon is, is ECU baseball. And the, the question is, where do we go from here? Because clearly it's not working. So we're on the precipice of, of being left out in the cold yet again. Um, if the big, big 12 does merge with the, the top teams in, in, conference or in the American athletic conference. So the hope and the, the hope that's there with the baseball team isn't there with the rest of the athletic program. So, so where do we go from there? And, and the, the lip service from Mike, Mike, Mike Houston and every other coach we've had, and I, I don't despise or dislike, you know, Mo or Houston, but they're just doing the best that they can, but they're clearly not up to the task at hand. So, where do we go as a program? Is there a hope for for ECU football at this juncture? Yeah, um, yeah I think there's a hope. I don't, I don't I don't know if I'm in the in the camp of putting Mo and Houston in the same category. I, I really don't. Houston's been there, done that. He's won. He's won everywhere he's been. Um, you know, Mo didn't have that. He wasn't even a head coach before he came here. The staff that he hired was horrible. Um, I, Mike Houston's got a great staff over there. Houston has, has is a proven winner. He's won a national championship, albeit at you know the uh, the one double A level at JMU. But still, I mean, look at look at so many teams and so many coaches that have come from those levels and won big there and been able to win in Division One. So. I don't think there's a comparison between Houston and and Coach Scotty Montgomery. I think Houston's a good coach. I really do. Um, he just hasn't been able to get the pieces. You got to remember this is this is year number three, and you're coming in after a COVID shortened season, which everybody was just kind of blindsided with last year. So I think you kind of throw that one out the window for what it is. Um, but you know, it's it's a disappointing way to start the season, no doubt. But I, I think Houston is a good coach. As far as big picture wise, Josh, uh, it does not look great right now the way it is trending. And if the Big Twelve takes four teams and two of those are out of the American, what they're doing is forming a super league to join up with the SEC, and then the Big Ten, Pac twelve, ACC are doing their alliance, and it does look like there is a shift and ECU might be left out of that shift. So uh, I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass and say it's uh, it's all candy and rainbows when it comes to the big picture of things. But, I mean, I'm going to support the Pirates no matter what conference they're in or no matter who they're playing. I'm still going to play athletics. It just looks like the next move, the next big shift in college athletics, whatever these big boys are doing, ECU might be left out of that. So that's why I wanted to win this football game, to at least have some positivity. Because big picture-wise, I do not like where it's headed. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but anyway, Josh and Raleigh, thanks for the call. All right, James Robert Coit. Hang on. We'll get to your calls when we return. That opens up a phone line. 317-1250. You're tuned in to the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. We're here until the last caller is served. And we're back with more of your calls after this.
You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, let's take a look at uh, some finals from earlier today. Buffalo hung 69 points over Wagner. 69-7 was that final score. Ball State defeated Western Illinois 31-21. UC Davis gets a win over Tulsa by a final of 19-17. NC State shut out South Florida 45 to nothing, and Coastal Carolina beat up on the Citadel by a final of 52-14. to Games going on right now in the third quarter is Utah leading Weber State 26-10. Tennessee has a 31-6 lead over Bowling Green in the fourth quarter. It's Ohio State 44, Minnesota 31 in the fourth. Western Kentucky leads UT Martin 52-21. Boise State has a 24-7 lead over UCF heading into halftime. And Eastern Washington and UNLV are tied at three apiece. And Arizona State has a 6-0 lead over Southern Utah in the first quarter. And that is a look at your scoreboard brought to you by the Buck, the Buccaneer Music Hall is your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in eastern North Carolina. The Buccaneer Music Hall is open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night and now during football season has food trucks during the day. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for the updated schedule and see you at the Buck. Now let's head back, back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Touchdown alert. Oh, by the way, Duh Buck. Duh Buck. <laughs> Chandler not in the uh, best mood. In the, this is how the pregame and postgame goes. Pregame, it's a party. Postgame, it's a funeral. Uh, Shirley, score update. UCF scored as you were talking oh. uh, to go into the locker room down just seven at the half. So oh, the bounce great. house is bouncing. It is um, <laughs> a little bouncy down there at the bottom, isn't it? <laughs> Kevin, uh, Kevin said we want to hear the joke. Billy and Brock. I guess he was referring to the us joke. laughing as Shirley was talking. Uh, the, it wasn't really a joke. It was Billy saying Tulsa on the schedule this year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah, they lost yeah. to who? Sorry, UC they could hear Davis. that. UC Davis. Yes. Uh, they couldn't hear that. They could see us laughing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. And we were I looking at the schedule. Was there for a second. And unfortunately, Tulsa is not on the schedule yes. this year. It is a rough night for Mike Oresco. Uh, ECU uh, housed by Appalachian State. Uh, South Florida shut out by NC State. Right now, Boise State on top of UCF. Uh, down 10 uh i should say ucf is not seven and you had that tulsa embarrassing loss tonight so rough night in the aac yeah it would have been nice to have uh tulsa on the schedule <laughs> unfortunately uh we do not get to pay them back uh for all that crap last year at the end of that game you know but but if you look at the aac schedule for east carolina this year looking back at last year's results um of all the AAC teams that they play combined, they're all less than 500. Does that make sense? Uh, I think they're 37 and 40 total. The teams, the teams on the schedule this yeah, year? Yeah, the AAC teams on the schedule. All right, there's one for the UB stat sheet. Thank you, Billy Weaver. Mm-hmm. All right, Isaiah, Coit, Robert, hang on. Let's go to James in Wilmington up next. Hey, James. Hey, guys. You know, I hear a lot of these calls in. We talk about some of the problems we've got at ECU and Obviously, we got a lot. I mean, we got a weak offensive line. We got a quarterback who's, you know, not top tier. We got a defense that's suspect in areas. But to me, I I learned one thing tonight that told me that as long as this guy's there, we're never going to have a good program, and it's never going to be a winning program. And that's Mike Houston. 
you got a guy with no passion, no fight, no compass for what he even wants to do at the end of the game. I mean, you got a guy who I see, I see one of the most bogus calls I've ever seen at the end of the first half where a, a touchdown is turned over mysteriously, where there's evidently indisputable evidence that it's an interception. He doesn't bat an eye. He just trots off the field. Like, oh, okay, I guess it's not a touchdown. Does it, does it fight? I don't see him yell. I don't see him do anything. Late in the game, he's holding timeouts like he can cash him in later for a bonus. He's not. He doesn't decide whether or not he wants to win the game or even try to fight to win the game. He sends Aylers out there, and, and look, people can hate on Aylers all they want to. That dude's a fighter. He gets out there, he slings it, he takes hits, knowing he's got a weak offensive line, and dude steps into the pocket time after time after time, still delivering the football. But then you got Houston over there who's like, oh, you know, whatever, man. If we win, we win. If we lose, doesn't matter. At least we showed up, we played hard. This guy is not a fighter. He has no resolve. And we're never going to pull ourselves out of the mud of this program without a guy like that. We're not going to be able to get top-tier talent. We're not going to be able to get these guys that are these four-star, five-star recruits. We need guys that we can develop and teach them to be killers, teach them to have a refusal to quit. And he's just not that guy. He showed me tonight definitively the most upset I've ever been watching a game that he coached. He is not a fighter. All right, James in Wilmington, thanks for the call. A little tough on Houston there. I, I will say, though, it is tough. I mean, we're sitting there watching that game wondering why ECU is going so slow. Yeah, They elect to go for the field goal on fourth and goal. It's a, it's a long fourth and goal, but you're a long ways back. If you want to try to win the game, you got to go for the touchdown there. So I understand the, the frustration there from James and a lot of Pirate fans uh, who are saying the same thing. Well, I, I do agree with James on on one big point that he made. I would have liked to have seen Mike Houston get a little upset at the end of that, that at that half, go at an official because it's halftime. For the most part, you're not going to get, you're not going to get a penalty called on you. You're not going to get a, an unsportsmanlike penalty called on you at the end of the game if you go at an official and say, hey, that's not right. You guys shouldn't over... Let your team know you're fighting form so I, I i agree with james on that i would have liked to have seen mike houston be a little bit more passionate there in that and i think i would have liked like i said you know at the start of the uh the show here i would have liked to have seen a little bit more up tempo 317-1250 the number i say in coit hang on we got another caller just calling in and robert is up next in edenton hey robert hey guys uh rh yeah uh just a couple quick thoughts um Obviously, going into the game at State, I think we kind of—I don't think we underestimated them, but I think uh, I think they obviously played the way we thought they were going to. Um, question I've got for y'all though is is kind of going back. We we keep talking about the Skip Holtz era uh, and then kind of what you know Scotty Montgomery inherited and, and coach, coach Ruff, but the thing I see that's overlooked is the recruiting that John Thompson did bringing in kind of the hype boom uh, and all that stuff going into where Skip jumped in. I mean, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that side in regards to what we need to do recruiting side? I don't understand your question. What well, is your... I, I don't think John Thompson has anything with recruiting now. He does not, correct. What? However, I, I feel like we give we give the coach the previous coaches a lot of a lot of credit for the stuff that he kind of set up, and that that was kind of the point that I, I was making going into it. Um, with that, 
I'm still clueless, man. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't really understand what you're asking. Like, it's, it's, it's all right. Go Pirates. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Robert. Hey, maybe that's me. Maybe that's on me. Uh, if anybody can explain it, I would love to try to answer it, but I don't. I have no clue what that was. All right. Well, the bottom line is recruiting is is the lifeblood of any program. And if you're not recruiting good talent, um, then there's a problem. If you're not recruiting talent that you can take to the next level. Now, this is what we saw with, with in the Logan era. And this is back in the day. I can remember this now. Back when Logan was here, and when I when I first got back here in '98, '99, the early or the latter years of Steve Logan, the thing is about East Carolina that made East, East Carolina so great is we could find those two and three star, not even two star, three star guys, but two star guys, and develop them into great, great talented athletes. And we haven't seen that so far. Yeah. All right. Three one seven twelve fifty. Uh let's go to Coit in Goldsboro. Hello, Coit. Hello. Hey, I hey, y'all there? Yep. Hey, I I I followed a little bit of Appalachian football. They're they're good. They continue to be good, obviously. I, I just want to know what can East Carolina do to, to get to that point where they have a solid defense year in, year out. And and can it be done under Mike Houston? I mean, I think it can be done under Mike Houston. It, it, you know, defense is tough, and that's the thing: is defensive guys are hard to find. Big, physical, fast guys are hard to find. Um, I mean, it can be done. That's the thing: is it can be done here. We just it just takes time. I'm not going to rule out like I'm not going to make statements on the 2021 season after one game, but as of right now, with still a long ways to go, a really long ways to go, uh my prediction of this defense taking it the next step to the next level has been wrong. I uh I expected although I said App State would win the game. In fact, I said App State would score more points tonight than they actually did. Yeah. Um but I, I man, the guys were wide open, the running lanes were huge. Uh, I was uh, disappointed with the defense we saw for a lot of this game uh, tonight. Uh, so, Coit, as far as you know, establishing a defense and having a program known for its defense and that being a strength, I mean, we are a, a long ways off from that. I am still hopeful that we can see some semblance of uh, improvements on defense for this season anyway. All right. Thank you all. All right, bud. Thanks. All right, 317-1250. Isaiah is up next in Greenville. Hey, Isaiah. How are y'all doing? All right. All right. I got a few talking points. Uh, I'm a freshman at ECU, so uh, I've like been a big fan for a while. I've followed Holton for since he was in high school, and I've always expected him to just kind of like get it together. But if I have to hear the announcer on TV say that he's a mini Tebow one more time, I think I'm going to lose it because he <laughs> has not played like that, and the O-line has not allowed him to play like that. And I don't think we'll ever truly know – what he is capable of, like, while he's able to be eligible to play quarterback for East Carolina. And I think that'll be one of the biggest what-ifs in program history. I'm not saying that he's a great quarterback or anything. I'm just saying when he has time to throw, he has shown, like in the SMU game, when he had time to throw, he's, he was good. I'd also like to add that we all hang on to such little glimmers of hope in this program over the last few years. Like, that SMU game, like, people tried to get me excited that we won that game, and I just couldn't be. Like, I just don't see – like, I'm tired of just being happy over little things. I'm tired of being happy over little improvement. 
I'm ready for us to like take that next step. And I have no idea when that's going to happen. And I just, I'm just baffled at, at, by the performance today. Yeah, uh, Isaiah, I'm with you, man. It is, uh, it's frustrating. And I don't know when that big turn is going to happen either. We were hoping that, I mean, it, look, it's again, this is week one. What we saw tonight was super ugly. Uh, it could get better, but we were hoping the beat down over SMU last year would somehow carry over into a big win tonight in Charlotte. And that was not really close to happening. Hey, look, and what we saw from Appalachian State is exactly what we expected. And like Clip said, you know, many of us thought they would hang 35, 36, 38 points on East Carolina. We thought East Carolina's offense would be able to hang a little bit better than they did. That didn't happen. And and to Isaiah's point, there was a very good point that he made. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very sad at the end of Holt Naylor's uh, uh, career here at East Carolina if he doesn't become what we think he can because he doesn't have the time in the offensive line if it doesn't all start to click. So yeah, that's a possibility. And, and it's on him too to make some plays uh, absolutely, when he does have time. Absolutely, so. when he does have time. And there were times tonight when he had time. The, the touchdown pass, There was he had a little bit of time on that. He had great touch on the ball. There were times tonight he was throwing off his back leg. There were times where he was running for his life. Um, so it's it's definitely situational and uh he was reluctant to run early in the game but man when he decided i'm going to run those were some of the best plays of the night picking up Mm -hmm. first downs with his legs he lowered the boom on a defensive back for a first down and earlier in the game he had some opportunities and stayed in that pocket a little too long and uh you know kind of towed the line there the line of scrimmage and decided to run too late all right 317-1250 you want to get another break in shirley b pays james and bryce in la are on deck next that's three callers so that means we do have an open line for the first time tonight 317-1250 you can jump in right now more to go on the u.s sailor fifth quarter calling show after this you're listening to the u.s cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show Here's Clip Brock. All right, lines have been locked and loaded since we started this thing. 317-1250 as we take your calls. Clip Brock, Billy Weaver here. Chandler, Honeycutt, Shirley Rhodes. A long day here inside the Pirate Radio studios. Boy, the pregame was fun. Postgame? <laughs> well, we're, we're going through it. Uh, after a 33-19 to loss to the Appalachian State Mountaineers, Robert Pays, James, hang on. Bryce in L.A. is up. Bryce, good to hear from you again. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey guys. Doing all right, Billy? Welcome to the uh, Psycho Circus. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I wasn't in earlier, earlier, but has Captain Bill called in yet? Had, I hadn't heard from Captain. Oh, boy, Captain, if you listen, come on, man. Tee one up for good old Billy. He probably calls <laughs> uh, the Oklahoma postgame show and tells them to fire Lincoln Riley like he did when he was here. <laughs> brilliant brilliant man well you know uh there's a lot you know i made my pledge on on twitter about not uh saying certain things and we're not going to bring that up uh but um you know it, it, look I, i'm not sure if, if this got brought up uh or not but let's remember that the backup quarterback for app state is at one point one of the top 10 of the country and has a national title ring on his hand from Clemson that he helped that he helped do because uh, he, he did fill in and, and play some uh, some starts, um, and that we are currently for the first time in three years playing with a 
a roster that is actually finally has full scholarships. We've been empty, you know, and Mike, Mike Houston is now, don't just, don't just talk about what tools Holton is not, not getting or taking advantage of, but what coach Houston's doing. I mean, it's been, it's been duct tape, you know, up until now. And um, I, I think these guys are going to, you know, to settle into it. I mean, it's rough. I, I mean, God, I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth, but you know, at state is good. And, you know, they were good last year. They were great the year before. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a rough one out there. The things that, like, those personal uh, fouls in the beginning, yeah, that might have, you know, kind of, you know, kneecapped us a little bit. But, uh, you know, I mean, I mean gosh, y'all. I mean, I, I think that there's something to be said in, in coming off of a, a really rough season. And, you know, I, I'm not – I mean, I'm not like happy. I know I sound like I sound like we just won, but you know, I'm not disappointed. You know, I, I luckily took the early bet as well, so <laughs> pretty happy about that. Uh, you know, before it went down to nine, um, so that's my early thoughts on it. Hmm, I just realized if you took ECU at fourteen and a half when it first came out, you were a winner uh, yeah. betting tonight, Bryce. Uh, <laughs> but that line did go down pretty quickly. Yeah, went way down, Bryce. Uh, We'll hear from you a little earlier uh, next week after ECU South Carolina. Thanks for calling in, man. Cheers, boys. All right, there is Bryce in L.A., 317-1250. James is in Wide Awake Wilson. Hello, James. Yeah, that's a um, questionable at this point in time, but you just actually brought up what I was going to end with, and the scary part about tonight is a, a dowdy Ficklin Stadium next Saturday but because, folks, the balloon was taken out of everyone's enthusiasm in regards to this team well james i asked the question leading up to this game the the hypothetical i'm probably asking you, you asked Billy. me yeah i remember it so well. how how important is this season opener for the attendance in the south carolina game and and billy said you know if they lose a close game it won't affect it that much if they win it'll certainly help so how about a 14 point loss where it felt like it was you lost by more than that i mean how do you think attendance will be affected for next week well, and even so, um, I, I think this game. And I go back. I, I was I was a wrestler in the seventies, so you can add about fifty years to to that, and and know that I'm sixty seven. And I and I I recall a group of local guys, the Danny Kepleys, the Butch Strodemans, and these guys that grew up and lived in this area. They uh, were, were nicknamed the Wild Dogs, and we won football games with defense. And here's here's something else, and you guys can ponder on it because you're part of it. Do either of you think that a quarterback like Holton Aylers is actually disrupting his preparation by what he's doing on the outside with this little money game that they've got going now? Because he looked to me like a distracted quarterback tonight. I, I don't. I don't think that's it at all. I, you know what? I I think if 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 he's making commercials, car commercials, and he's making a hundred thousand dollars here and another hundred grand here, and he's making eight hundred thousand dollars in NIL stuff like the Alabama quarterback is, then yeah, maybe. I mean, but you know, I, I don't. I don't think that has anything to do with it at all. I really don't. Clip. No, it doesn't. Uh, we're subject to our own opinions. And yeah. Lastly, I'll, a personal note on, on Mike Houston. To evaluate Mike Houston on what he's done, what he has done prior to East Carolina, you have to go to James Madison University. 
and I and I had intimate contact with the CAA during those years, a little bit before Houston, but still the same approach. Where at Madison, he could go out and get just about any player that was left available and could play. He was recruiting against the William and Marys, the Richmonds, and the academic institutions that really take a whole lot closer look at their recruits than does James Madison. I ha- I am not a Mike Houston fan, and I'm. I'm just thinking that it's a little bit early to pass complete judgment, but I'm but I'm a bit concerned that it's going to cause a distraction for him and everyone else uh, as to whether he's our guy or not. Yeah, I, I think that's a reasonable take there, James, that uh, you, you say it's a bit too early to do your final report cards, but we can at least give out a, a progress report, right? <laughs> I mean – Tonight's loss uh, was was not a great way, not a good way at all to open up the season. So, and an, early, an earlier caller made a great point that he's very stoic on the sideline, that even when his team is not um, in a position for him to be stoic. And, and if I give Steve, Steve Logan any credit of them being a, you know what, a horse is you know what, he 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 apparently loved his team enough to to make, to make it known uh, while he was on the sideline and, and in the interview room. Um, yeah well james uh thanks for tuning in and we appreciate your call all right you bet have a good one all right 317-1250 b pays is up next in raleigh what's up pays what's going on fellas how y'all doing all right you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah great <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I will say this um i will say one thing about mike houston james the james madison deal if i remember right uh Everett Withers had recruited a lot of those players, and he came in and won the national championship the year after Everett Withers left. I believe that was how that played out, if I if I remember right, because he won the national championship. I guess his first first year there, and then he lost the national championship the second year, and then he got beat in the second round the third year at James Madison. So if I, if I remember, I believe it was Everett Withers that was there before him um, at, at at JMU. Um, you know. He's got seven wins. Uh, he's got a win over Old Dominion, Gardner Webb, William and Mary, um, a one one win USF team, a Temple team that barely could put enough players on the field, and a good SMU win and a UConn win. So um, you know, you talk about a progress report. I mean, it's a progress report. It is what it is. I mean, it's still seven wins. Um, you know, if if you if you had a blind pick and you had to had two coaches didn't know who they were, <laughs> and you put the wins on, and I put a win, I put somebody had a win against North Carolina State, North Carolina, Cincinnati, UConn, things like that, and you didn't know who the blind was. I mean, those were Mo's wins. Now, did Mo deserve to go? Absolutely, it was time, but. Are we going to hold Houston to the same accountability that we held Mo to going into the year three? And I don't. I, I, I'm just. I'm asking a question. Do we hold him to the same account? Now I get the COVID year, but do we hold that same accountability? There's still seven wins. There and those and three of those wins. And you could arguably say that Mo had a tougher schedule than Houston had. He played West Virginia. He played Houston. Memphis was good. South Florida was good. Central Florida was good. Uh, well, the the reason we there's still 
you know, hope and belief for Mike Houston is because he won at three different places, whereas Scotty Montgomery had never been a head coach and no, we, we had nothing to base it on. Yeah, and, and that's fair. Like, that is a that, that is a, is a fair and accurate thing. And the guy that called in earlier, and I think a lot of people forget about this, Ruffin and Skip and Coach Logan and even John Thompson, they had the, the greatness of they could go recruit non-qualifiers. It was the it, it, it leveled out the playing field a lot. You look at the Skip Holtz defensive line that was great and won two conference USA championships. And how many non-qualifiers were on that line? Uh, I got a, a text about that tonight that said App State looks like we did when we could bring in a different type of player. Well, and, and, and that's that's a very valid point because, like I had said, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, East Carolina had made a living on taking guys that weren't highly recruited that maybe had questionable, um, not a questionable past as far as, as discipline and things like that, but in the classroom, guys that couldn't prove that they could do well enough in the classroom, those Prop 48 guys, and made stars out of those guys. You can't do that at East Carolina it, anymore. And it, and it it became the equalizer. It did. It, was, it absolutely it was, did. It was the equalizer that leveled the playing field. And when Ruff started to ha- started to show some holes in the armor, it's when we went into the American. And Ruff could not go out and get those kids that he got in Conference USA, that Skip got, that John Thompson got, that Coach Holtz had a million of you know and i mean I mean, coach logan had in the 90s and that's where you started to see and you started to see an armor so you go play a app state or you go play a team like marshall or a georgia state last year they can go do it we can't do it well you think lane kiffin did so well at fau or fiu where one it was at fau he could go down there and get those kids that couldn't qualify in miami florida or florida state and run up. So, fellas, I appreciate taking my call. All right, Pace. See you, bud. There's uh, B Pace 317-1250. We've got Robert up next in Washington. Hey, Robert. What's going on, fellas? Hey, man. Um, not a lot of good things to say about it, but I'll try. Um, I mean, I, I think App's a good team. I, I believe they had 13 super seniors, and seven of them were all-conference players. Most of them first team, I think, all-conference players. So they're very experienced, very well-oiled machine. Um, so it's, it's probably a mid-level American conference team, you know. You think of Navy, who's not very athletic, but they play, you know, different style of play, but they they grind and they just wear you down and they, they keep coming and they play well together. But anyway, uh, as far as – I'll just try to help the coaches out here, but as far as um, – being down 33 to nine with eight minutes left and then taking their time with the play calling. I think, I think things were going so bad. Our offense had never gotten any kind of rhythm. I think they were just thinking about, you know, we need to salvage this. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Let's slow things down. Let's, it's more important for our offense to get out of this game with a nice, consistent drive and get, get in rhythm and get things rolling because we got to think about the rest of the season. I hear that too, and I think maybe too they wanted to get Daffer another kick in a real game, but and and maybe that was to it as well. I mean, I, so I, I kind of see that point, but for people frustrated with it, I totally understand their viewpoint. Yeah, I understand, but it's you know when you 
people look at it, and it's it, it's a different story when you're when you know it's going when you're in the coaching staff and you know the team and you you know and just like Houston not getting excited, Houston might be trying to stay let even keeled, not get too high too low. He knows his team better than we do, but um, yeah, I get it. They're they're they need to step it up. But I just I just wanted to try and make something positive out of it and see from the coach's perspective. But anyway, guys. Robert, thanks for the call, man. Thanks for tuning in. All right, 317-1250. We got Luke, Mason, and Johnny in Charlotte is up next. A line is open, 317-1250. Clip Rock, Billy Weaver here on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right. It has become quite interesting down in uh, Central Florida. UCF only trails Boise State uh, by three points. 24-21 is your score in the third quarter. Uh, Eastern Washington has taken a 10-6 lead over UNLV. Utah, or excuse me, Arizona State leads Southern Utah 13-7 in the second. Uh, Tennessee has a 31-6 lead over Bowling Green. And Utah has added to their lead. They now lead uh, Weber State 40-10 in the fourth quarter. Baseball going on right now. The Pirates and the Cubs are currently in the 11th inning with a 5-all tie. The Indians beat the Royals 4-2, and the Braves pick up the win over the Rockies by a final of 6-5. And that is a look at your scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. The Buccaneer Music Hall is your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in eastern North Carolina. They're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And now during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for the updated schedule. And see you at the Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Buck, da 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 buck. And another score on that Buck scoreboard: the Pirates winners tonight, one nothing over Campbell in soccer. Hey, there you go. We won a football game. Well, take your calls on the football soccer win over the Fighting. Yeah, it's a football game now. Foot, football football yes that's football. right football all right johnson luke mason hang on we go to johnny in charlotte hey johnny come on guys come on guys <laughs> come on <laughs> there man. He is. come on guys what's up johnny clip i was on the 50 yard line row one i'm not impressed with anything mike houston got going on in g vegas right now impressed at all they handled us like nobody's business and they used to be in the socon yeah it, it ain't it sexy how the myrtle beach universities of the world are ranked 22 in the country and the app states are whipping our ass in charlotte and they got a good fan base like we do and they got videos i mean i watched brian bailey this week on pirate radio talk about how good the video is going to be and it was sexy but their video is just as good as not better. Uh, they're showing us, uh, you used to be 
that team that won back-to-back championships in the Conference USA. But y'all ain't done nothing. And the thing that was sexy is y'all ran a sound fight with Coach Houston this week talking about, you know, but I finally got my guys. I finally got some guys that look like they're AAC caliber guys. They look like players. Because when I got here, you know, ECU didn't have that. And so, okay, it's your third year, and that's what you come out with. We're in trouble, big time. All right, you were on the fifty. You say you're on the fifty yard line, row one, right? I'm. I'm assuming was was that behind the ECU bench or behind the App State yes, bench, sir? Right behind the ECU bench. Please tell me what you heard. You got it. You had to have heard something. If you're down there on the fifty yard line, row one, you had to have heard what was going on on the sideline. That's some of the stuff we miss on the TV. Did you hear anything? I mean, any guys grumbling at each other? Something going on down there? And they would take TV timeouts for twenty minutes. I mean, I thought Bold and the Beautiful was playing. I'm like, <laughs> twenty minutes go by. How did they come back? Oh, ECU's got the ball first and ten. What? Every time we had momentum, they would go to commercial. Talking about Coach Houston, he got so livid tonight. They took him to the tent. I thought he was about to have a stroke. And he was in the tent the whole time. Now, ESPN went commercial break again. Now, now see, the, the reports that we're getting and, and people that are calling in saying that he didn't have enough fire in him, especially after the first half or at the end of the first <laughs> half when that touchdown got called back. So you're saying he had some fire in him. Yeah, yeah, he dog-cussed some people tonight. Okay. There you go. Thank you, Patrick, with the two-pick. Come on, guy. Come on. You need to stop talking about the old days at Parker's Barbecue and get an <laughs> offense to run. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Donna Q. Come on now. Anyway, ladies, show. Go, Pop. Johnny, Johnny, uh, Johnny, Don, Q. Donnie Q. Johnny, in a weird way, I really missed hearing your voice because <laughs> you always make me laugh. Uh, the sexy counter, by the way, three. He said sexy three times during that call. So if anybody's scoring at home on the UB stat sheet. All right. Come on, guys. Here's uh, Mason up in Moorhead City. Hello, Mason. Hey, uh, Flip. Hey, Billy. Hey, hey. How you doing? All right, man. I know, uh, man, a uh, tough, tough, tough uh, thing to watch tonight. But I, I watched it to triple zeros, and I'm going to tell you, uh, there, there was a guy from Wilmington, and there was a guy from Virginia Beach that called and was uh, not very highly on Coach Houston. But I'm going to tell you, Coach Houston has this shit man. Heading in the right direction. We had a couple calls go the wrong way today, but we did play a good football game. That quarterback from Appalachian State was really, really, really good. And uh, we had a couple of drops and we had a couple of penalties on the sidelines, and one should have went our way, but didn't. And there was a pass interference that could have went our way but didn't but that's that's football look let's we had a good crowd there we had a good time we watched it on tv and i just don't want anybody calling downgrade the coaches and the players i think holton had a i think holton had a good game i'm not gonna say he had a great game but that run that he had, they got right down there to the 10 or so. And 
the holding call would not have affected the play, and it was just one of those nights. But all right, Mason. That yeah, we lost you there for a minute. Uh, appreciate yeah. That, and you know, I, I feel like App State dominated this game. However, at the same time, there's a lot of what ifs. The CJ play, the Holton run where they caught a flag, a touchdown taken off the board in the fourth quarter. So I guess it depends on if you're glass half full or glass half empty on ECU football. You could say this game could have been a lot closer. You could say this game could have been a lot worse. But I uh, uh, appreciate the call there, Mason. All right, 317-1250. Let's go to Luke in Boston next. Hey, Luke. Hey, good evening, guys. Um, I kind of agree with him. Um, I agree that we – I think we played a good game overall, but I think we did lack some discipline overall from a coaching perspective. Um, just watching all the Mike Houston show and the NIL contacts with the players, I, I expected a lot more out of the team overall, and I feel like we just didn't perform on a perspective that the team portrayed that they were going to play. Uh, I'm just really disappointed overall in the performance. We kind of played, in my perspective, a D2 team-level play, but um, I know that's very disrespect- disrespectful of me to say, but I just expected a lot more going out against App State than what we performed on the field today. Um, what do you guys expect overall going forward with the team after this performance after today well i just told chandler during the break it would not surprise me if ecu played well and beat south carolina next week and before all of you commenting on facebook say are you nuts think back to ecu losing to north carolina a and t turning around and playing a bad north carolina team the following week and beating them pretty bad we could do that to a different carolina next week i agree with you luke i was expecting a lot more uh from the pirates tonight especially on the defensive end uh, chase bryce might be a good quarterback i think we made him look really good tonight with how much time he had to throw and how much separation his receivers were able to get on our dbs um i think app state might be better than south carolina right now uh, so moving forward there's some definite winnable games on the schedule uh but I, I see why everybody's down after tonight's performance i'm not ready to give up on the season completely after this one loss uh that, that's for sure no clip i agree with you 100 percent. it is only game one and for all those you know that are saying fire mike houston he's not the right guy and everything look we're into game one of season three game one of season three after uh, the most the weirdest season the most crazy uh you know pandemic season no one's ever gone through that before and that, i'm not using that as an excuse well no, everybody that, went through that so I, that's what i'm saying but kind of a wash with that with that being said it's still year number three game number one it's still very early i agree with you 100 percent that they could come back play extremely well against what is a down south carolina team um next season as far as making chase bryce look good let me tell you what when he threw that first touchdown pass first of all there was great coverage by fleming who, he was all who over had, him. now fleming had a rough night from yeah. from then on but he was fleming was all over that receiver that was a precision that was a beautiful ball beautiful ball and i think from there the confidence started to grow and i think you saw from right then now if he doesn't have that early confidence and making those early good throws, I think we might see something different. But Chase Bryce, I think early on, got that confidence, and it just continued to grow. Luke, uh, thanks for tuning in in Boston, man. Hey, can I? Yeah, go ahead. A little more perspective. 
I yeah. apologize about that. Um, yeah, I, I just overall think it's a it's a negative impact to our in our, our organizational and financial impact. Um, I think we're trying to make a name as a university, not only to the world right now, but definitely trying to get a new conference and everything else. I just think it's a negative impact when you go out and lose to a lower level team than us. Um, I overall think we played a pretty good game, um, but from the perspective of the Pirates and following them closely for close to 24 years now, um, I just feel like it was a disappointing impact to the team, but also to the future recruits coming into our organization. And overall, the financial impact that's going to have. I don't think a lot of Pirate Club members are going to show up next weekend, and I really don't think that overall financial impact is going to be proactive in our impact and trying to provide a proactive future for East U Athletics. All right, Luke. Uh, well, I can't disagree with that. Thank you. A lot of you said impact and proactive a lot there in that last sentence. Three one seven twelve fifty. Johnson is up next in Greenville. Hey, Johnson. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, I just want to say I'm born and raised in Greenville. Grew up going to Rose. And uh, I'm just telling you now, I was at the game tonight, and Holt Naylor's is not the answer. Um, he's been here for three years. He's had a, having enough time to prove himself. I think it's the Garcia share now. I don't know what we got to do to change that, but that is the answer moving forward. We played a Bryce, uh, whatever his name is, from Clemson, went to Duke, who had a terrible year, came to App. Had an okay game tonight. You can say what you want about it. We didn't look great on both sides of the ball. I'm all for ECU, but I'm just telling you, the way Holton played tonight is not the way we need to look. He has had three years to prove himself. And at this point, we got to move on. we got to go on to Garcia. It is the Garcia movement, and we're all about that at ECU. So mm-hmm. just moving forward, Donnie Kirkpatrick, let's put in Garcia. Let's win some ball games. All right, so you're ready to put Mason Garcia behind that offensive line? Absolutely. All right. At this point, hey, he's young. We got to move for the. We got to start playing for the future. I mean, I don't disagree with uh, with you know making a QB move as the starter's not getting it done. I just don't think these coaches have the confidence in Garcia at this point. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. Mike, Kenny, Blake, hang on. We have a line open. At 317-1250. Happy Friday, by the way. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is Friday. It's after midnight. Yeah. I was wondering. What, I was like, wait a minute. It's not Friday. It's yes. Friday. Uh, and we're letting it all hang out, as Eric Clabden said. 317-1250. More of your calls when we return after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you. Hot show to start the 2021 season. Unfortunately, not a celebratory edition. It's uh, for a bad reason. because the Pirates were beaten tonight by Appalachian State 33-19 to to kick off the 2021 season. Clip Brock, Billy Weaver getting a... Uh, Welcome to the what did Bryce call it? The Psycho Circus? Was that, that yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah. How are you enjoying your first ride on the fifth quarter? I like it. Okay, great. <laughs> uh David, Mike, Kenny, hang on. Let's go to Blake in Charlotte. Hey Blake. Hey guys. Um so obviously not not a very good night, but it's interesting to hear the other callers. Um because it's a complete shift from what we heard at the end of the SMU game at the end of last season. 
and there was so much positivity. I mean, it seemed like we were really turning around and now I'm hearing everyone is, is the complete opposite. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm not giving up yet. I still think that we can make some moves. Um, it could just be some rust and, um, away game, you know, who knows? Um, that, that's just kind of my, my first thing to start off, but I do want to know, I, I, I like Keaton and I like Rajay. I think that they're good young backs, but it seemed like the only momentum, the, the little momentum we had was when Holton was throwing the ball. And I, I don't know. I'm obviously I'm not an offensive coordinator, but what's the deal with us? still running it up the middle when it hasn't worked in the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. Like what's the deal with that? Why don't, why don't we let Holden air it out? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not an offensive coordinator either. Uh, sometimes I, I, I try not to talk about the play calling. Cause I don't know what the offense is seeing, what Donnie's seeing, what Houston's seeing. But one thing we have said is ECU looks a lot better tonight and over the years when they are up tempo. Oh, absolutely. When they're going on a two minute drive before the first half, how many times did, Jake Verity, and even if the game was like out of reach, how many field goals did he kick going into halftime after a nice quick drive down the field? Tonight, we saw him go up tempo and we're hitting short passes. Keaton Mitchell, a great catch of the ball in the backfield. So did Rajay Harris yeah, yeah. Uh, catches tonight. And that is one thing I do want to see more of, Weave, is, uh, is, is let's see some tempo. Yeah, and offense. I think I, I think Blake mentioned, um, you know, maybe Holt Naylor's airing it out a little bit. He doesn't have time to do that. But what we didn't see, and I you know, I made notes throughout the games and some of the things that I saw, and I, I, I did write something down here. It took until nine minutes to play to run that middle screen to slow down that pass rush. We didn't see that until nine minutes left in the game. I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see more of the short passing situations, maybe some wheel routes with Keaton Mitchell um, and, and Rajay Harris, I think would have done very well. I think we didn't see any of those middle screens or any of those slants with Tyler Sneed, who was a possession receiver. Now, the the couple times that we did see that, Holton was under duress. He threw one sort of behind Tyler Sneed that he didn't get his hands on. That was on a third down. Um, they just never seemed to get into rhythm. And I think with that up-tempo, when you hit those short passes, you get your playmakers out into space and make something happen. That's when ECU has been successful. We just didn't see that tonight. All right, Blake, anything else, man? Uh, yeah, and, and obviously, I, while I was at the game, I didn't get to see like the, the different angles on the replay of that uh, that pass that was ruled a touchdown at first, then changed. What, what did you guys There was one angle. One I'll say angle. this. That's when, it. When I saw it live, I said, that's an interception. And then they had the scrum. They had the pile. CJ comes out with it. Touchdown. After you rule that a touchdown on the field, I don't see how you overturn it into an interception. I don't either. And in real time, what was funny is I saw the I, – I didn't know at the time it was CJ. I couldn't tell who it was. But I did see a white jersey with white gloves going up. And I thought, wait a minute, ECU might have gotten that ball. And I'm like you. Once you make that ruling on the field and you have to have conclusive evidence, video evidence to overturn it, I wanted to see some other angle. The only angle that we ever saw was the wide-angle up-top version. We never saw a low-angle version from down the goal line. We never saw another version. I'm just wondering, because there are times when referees see a little bit different, they see other camera angles we don't see on the broadcast. I'm just wondering if they saw something we didn't, because I didn't see anything to overturn it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate your time. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, Blake, and giving us a call. 317-1250. Uh, Bo Bat's not calling in tonight. He does want to know if Billy is cooking later this morning. Like maybe uh, it, six it hours is, from now? Wow, no. Well, technically, I think after midnight is breakfast time, right? Yeah. Let's get I mean, how many up. times have you gone to the Waffle House after a night of <laughs> yeah. at, you know, getting home? This at, is prime time two, for that. 2, 2 a.m. Waffle House. The question is, is Bo Bats is still up? <laughs> what are you trying to say? What are you doing, old man? <laughs> wow, that was Chandler calling that you out. Oh, Bo. he gives me grief all the time. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Thank you, Bo. But I do love Bo Bats. All right, Kenny is up next from Blunt's Creek uh, in Charlotte. What's up, Kenny? Well, hey guys, hey Cliff, uh, hey Billy. Uh, sorry tonight's been the uh, your first show. It's not a good one, but uh, just you know, let's just go ahead and say it, guys. <laughs> it's a good old ass whipping tonight. It was. I agree. It was. It was. That's whipping, and, and guys, they just, we didn't play. We had one play that was exciting, and the rest of the game was terrible. Let's just call it like like it is, man. I, look, I'm, the, I'm one of the biggest Pirate fans there is. I love my Pirates. I believe in them. I believe in Mike Houston. Tonight was trash. It's horrible. Okay? It just was. I mean, I don't know how you put it. Now, am I going to be there at 7, 6.30 next week waiting for the parking spot to get up there beside Pirate Radio? Yes, I am. Do I think we have a chance to beat South Carolina? Because that's what we need to look at. Because throw the tape out. That crap was terrible tonight. I'm going to be there. But, man, damn, can we? Let's just get better. My God. I'm so sick of getting our tails whooped. I'm so sick of woulda, coulda, blaming Holton. Holton ain't the problem. Defense didn't stop crap tonight. He was under pressure. Receivers drop balls. It's the same old crap. Let's get better. Get back to ECU football and win, man. I, this team can do it, man. I, I don't understand what's going on, but I'll be there Saturday. And, and I think the only thing that will make me feel better tonight is if I could wake up tomorrow morning, slide down to Indian Beach and get me a big old breeze. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that ain't happening either. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> boy, Kenny's just taking losses all over the place. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, off. Kenny. We'll have to we're we'll to rustle up a breakfast burrito for you there, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the bad words, but God, man, you know this crap's been going on so long, and and you know we want it so bad. And I know the players want it, and I know the coaches want it. But dang, man, it, it was bad tonight. That was not a good game at all. I don't know what you throw the tape out. Go to next week. Let's go get South Carolina. Go Pirates. We'll be at the Pirate Radio. We ain't lost the tailgate yet, so I'll see you guys Saturday. All right, that is the uh, the sound of a frustrated pirate fan after uh, an opening season loss to App State. Hey man, I, I feel it because there are a lot of stuff I looked at. You know, it, it was it was crazy because you know you're you're down seven six. App State's third possession. Uh, ECU had them at third and thirteen, and they give up first down. Um, you can't have stuff like that happen. There were, you know, there's some other notes that I made that ECU was first and five. They had they had first and five. 
going across the 50-yard line, eventually take a sack, and they have to punt. I mean, stuff like that is stuff that drives fans crazy. How many missed tackles did we see today on defense? Stuff like that drives you crazy. You know, you can deal with the occasional guy, you know, getting a little aggressive on the sidelines and getting a a personal foul penalty because he's being aggressive on the sidelines, maybe took it a little too far. You can deal with stuff like that. You can't deal with the missed tackles. The giving up 16 yards on a third and 13 on a draw play, on a stretch run, it's just those are things that you want to beat your head against the wall against. Chandler, you were uh, upset with the missed tackles. We saw way too many of that tonight. Yeah, because simply because it was something that we saw improve later in the season last year, especially – in that SMU game. And, you know, tonight we took a whole couple of steps back when it came to tackling. Um, yeah, it's just it's frustrating, frustrating to see, especially, you know, the way you saw the success we were having on defense. And, man, I was so ready to see this defense play tonight. And, you know, we would blitz guys, and we still couldn't get the chase price for some reason. Yeah. And then the missed yeah. tackles. It's just, you know, they, you know, you hope it's a week one thing and it'll get better, yeah. but it was ugly tonight. Well, you know what? One other thing that I did notice, too, that if you noticed on every ECU third down, what did App State do? They dialed up a blitz. Oh, man. And, and they, they put pressure and they were getting to Holton on yeah. every big third down. And boy, and that's how many they times made a living on it. I remember one with Sneed in particular where he might have scored if Holton would have hit him. And there was a, several plays like that where they got to him early and, and Holton just couldn't deliver because he was being hit you know right when he went to throw the ball yeah and then there was a couple times where uh i think it was number 29 the kid that got called for lining the up in the neutral and then zone the very next, and then play, the very next play comes off the edge and makes a sack and yeah. then a couple plays later after that comes off the edge again that guy had a great game and they couldn't stop him off the edge app state wasn't particularly big on the off on the on their defensive line but very fast and coming very off fast. the get edge and the 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 outside the offensive lineman um just couldn't handle it and it, that was that was frustrating to see as well. All right, 317-1250. Owen in Tampa's name has popped up. I, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, we got David on hold, but right now we have Mike in Durham. Hey, Mike. 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 Hey, Mike. What's happening? Hey, what's up, Mike? Hey, Cliff. I think the last two callers pretty much nailed what I was going after here. But uh, I think uh, the main thing is just giving Holton some time. I mean, it seemed right off the bat, like the first couple plays, right off the edge, those guys were just right down his throat. And, I mean, when he's got no time, he can't let those routes develop, and he's just running for his life. I mean, there's nothing he can do there. Yeah, people people doubt and hold, and I don't think that's fair. I think it comes down to the whole team is to letting him get some time, letting that play develop, letting him be able to actually do something with that play. And B, I think it's just at the same point in time, I think it felt like we were looking at the same old, same old from the last three years. I mean, it just didn't look like anything was different. I mean, different names, different players, but it was the same, same thing. I mean, it was just we're getting beat on the edges. We're getting beat on the big plays. We might have a player here and there, and then we're, we're, we can't keep up. I don't know how you, I don't know how you necessarily fix that, and damn, I hope we can do something to get uh, South Carolina at home next week. But I mean, it just looked like we were looking at the same thing after last two weeks last year. I was coming into this week, man, I was super hyped 
think we turned that page going new era coming in. It, it just looked like the same, same old thing. Well, All right, Mike. Mike, how do you think I feel? Because now the Weave Believe shirts are not going to happen because Chandler had said if we start 2-0 and that we were going to print Weave Believe shirts. So that's out the window. So I think I think that's the biggest disappointment, <laughs> disappointment for me. Yeah. I don't know if that's <laughs> Nothing? Going. I Nothing? don't think Mike gives a damn about that right about now. No, I think <laughs> one again is just... Yeah, I know. It's, hey, we're with tough. you, man. Like, get it, get it out, get out the frustration. That's what the fifth quarter's for. But we all uh, expected more. This year, we 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 turned the corner. We yeah, want to know and yeah, that little bit of promise going forward. Hey, look, they always say the the most improvement is made from week one to week two. We are crossing our fingers that the Pirates make a huge jump from week one to week two. I know, and I always I always have that amnesia of year to year. Where- <laughs> No matter what we did last year, three yeah. last year, coming to this year, I look at the schedule and I'm like, hey, seven wins, eight wins, nine wins. Like, hell, oh, this, this is possible. This is real. Yeah. And then I I walk into week one and I get hit with that uh, big old brick wall. And I'm like, yeah, what was I looking at last week? I say it all the time. August is one of the best sports months because it's nothing but optimism and your team's undefeated. <laughs> you got it, brother. Yeah. Mike, good call. Thanks, man. Thanks, sir. All right, let's go to David in Oriental next. Hey, David. Hey, guys. I'm repairing some sheetrock. How are you doing tonight? Uh, we're doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great. In a nutshell, two uh, two comments. One is referencing the gentleman that called earlier about non-qualifiers. In addition to that point, because I agree with him 100%, keep in mind, JMU, ODU, Liberty, Coastal, App, and Charlotte now recruit Whereas in the Logan years, we didn't have to worry about them. They're picking off one or two here or there. That's part of what this change that's rough is, is going on. Last comment I'll make, for everybody that's talking about Holton, uh, you don't have a running game, it doesn't matter if we had Tom Brady back there. And my point being, the last two quarterbacks that I heard the same things about both started in the NFL. And we were booing them out of the stadium, and we were trashing those guys on Facebook. You have to have a run game. Anyway, we're going to be okay. There were four or five momentum plays tonight that could have completely changed the game. And we didn't get any of those momentum calls. That is everything in sports. So I don't think it's quite time to burn the house down. I think we're going to be okay. I did see some things, but I'm, yes, I have sheetrock holes in my wall. It was a bad night, but I don't think it's the end of end of it all oh okay so now i just i just got it when you said you calling repairing sheetrock i i thought you were being general you're talking about punching holes in the wall right yeah okay okay we're just i I I totally missed that i thought you were like working on a project or something you're doing a job at the beach or something (laughs) right no i get it now that's great (laughs) i had a meltdown and i wanted to blame everybody everybody wants to immediately you know go to you know it's the end of the world because it's been what seven years of this misery it sucks and i'm tired too but there there is there is and i, and I go back to talking about Minshew and brainfart we all thought that it was they were the problem you have to have a running game you have to and uh you know i do think that the other smaller schools that have now become big schools you know liberty has come out of nowhere how are they getting those kids well that's part of the recruiting area that logan had that tidewater area was huge for him 
Those guys go to ODU now. If you're in Myrtle Beach, guess where the first choice is? If you look at the recruiting, who we recruit against, it's the same schools. But now they can take kids that we can't. And I think that uh, we're lacking an offensive line. Uh, defense, there were some holes tonight. But they played. They had some really, really good defensive uh, series tonight, too. So, anyway, uh, it's not the end of the world for me yet, but I am tired. All right, David, good call. And uh, I'll blame it on how it's late that we missed that joke. I probably wouldn't have got it. I'm just dumb. But that was a good one. That was funny. <laughs> that was good. All right, uh Owen, hang on. Alex, hang on. We'll take a timeout, come back. We'll get to Owen in Tampa and Alex in Charlotte. And your calls at 317-1250. Back with more after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. Tell you what's a bummer is we're taking these calls from rightfully so frustrated pirate fans after a loss and we're watching ucf fans go crazy at the yeah. bounce bounce house weave that place is rocking and rolling as ucf has uh, come back to take a 30 to 24 lead over boise state fourth quarter yeah this this kind of goes back to the the caller earlier that said you know when uh when steve logan was here he wasn't having to deal with recruiting against uh, Coastal Carolina and Liberty and teams like that. Charlotte, Saint, Charlotte App, App yeah. all oh, that's that a stuff. Good take. That, that is a good take. And that sort of reminded me of what happened prior to this new regime now with all these new teams in the Southeast of what happened in Florida. Because remember, Florida, Florida State, Miami used to get every athlete in the state of Florida. State of Florida is a big state. They got great high school recruits. Then UCF came along. Then you got FIU. You got FAU. You got all all these other Florida teams that all of a sudden came in there and look now, UCF, USF, all those teams like that have had their runs as well. So it's happening all across the country where these smaller schools are able to take some of these athletes that ECU used to make a living on. Looking like a good debut for Gus Malzahn, the new coach uh, there at UCF. All right, Pat, Bobby, Alex, hang on. Let's go to Owen in Tampa. Hello, Owen. What's up, Cliff? How are you, buddy? Great to hear your voice, man. Doing good. Hope you are. Hey, Weaver. Yes, sir. Is Mike Houston paying you by the excuse or are you getting flat rate for the whole game? <laughs> hey, I like Mike. And look, let me tell you what. I think he should be much better in year three. But like I said, this is year three, game number one. Now, does he deserve some flack? Absolutely. Because the buck stops, the buck stops with the head coach. That's in any good head coach will tell you that the buck stops with me. I take the responsibility. I get paid for the wins and losses. Right now, he's not getting it done. So every bit of criticism that he gets right now from the fans, I'm just not ready to give up on him. I still think he's a good coach, and I'm going to give him give him the benefit of the doubt at least through year number three. Well, it don't matter if you don't want to give up on him because our asses is broke. We ain't got no choice. <laughs> That's true, too. Nobody at ECU wants to pay another coach, period. And it doesn't matter what sport it's in. Basketball, football. Luckily, we haven't had to pay too many baseball coaches, so that's a good thing. That's the only thing we got. That's true. Well, listen, I, I, Pace made a, a, a good, uh, a good uh, comment earlier and anybody hates to give credit to Scotty Montgomery, and I'm, you know, Clint knows how I feel about Scotty Montgomery, but he technically does have better wins than Mike Houston. And to answer Pace's question, no, we will not hold Mike Houston to the same standard that we're going to help that we held Scotty Montgomery to, because Scotty Montgomery is the guy that came after Ruff and was hired by Comfort. 
So that's a whole different ballgame. So everybody's just happy Mike Houston isn't Scotty Montgomery. Oh, and also, I go back to this. This is why I look at him a little bit differently. Houston has won in his previous three stops. Scotty Montgomery had never been a head coach. Okay, you know what the other X factor is, too? FBS level. That, that, yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, what's the other X factor in this? Is that Scotty Montgomery was also a victim, and, and I, I, I use that word very loosely, but a victim of circumstance, too, where somebody, his boss was coming in, didn't hire him. Mike Houston doesn't have an outgoing boss and another guy coming in. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense, but I don't care. Oh, I, I I didn't say it makes it right or wrong, but I'm just saying he's got the benefit of having. And, and a lot of people say, well, why did don't why did Mo only get two years? And and you know we're going into year three right now with Mike Houston. He shouldn't get as much time. Well, the situation was totally different. So I agree with Pays on some of the wins and the quality of wins and things like that. But the situation was completely different with a guy coming in that did not hire Mo and didn't want him there. Yeah, and the money was different. The financial Absolutely. diversity were different. And I don't give a damn about any of it, Weaver. I want somebody to win some damn games around here. I hear you. I hear you. And every every ECU fan out there feels exactly the same way. They want to see wins. They want production. They want they want this program back. Nobody wants to see App State going to six straight bowl games and ECU having not gone to a bowl game in six straight years. That just That's bizarro world, and that just ain't right. Yeah, well, I didn't want to see App State stick their foot up our ass. But- <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell you something about Mike Houston. I don't like his ass, and I don't care about everybody. I believe in Mike Houston, but I don't give a damn what he did at the FCS level, and I don't give a damn what he does anywhere. I don't like the guy because I think he's a vajay. He's got no balls, brother. <laughs> he was down 24 points. Hey, can he say that? With six minutes. I just did. He ran me from a program with seven losing seasons. Who gives a damn? <laughs> so he's with six minutes left. In a game, you're getting your ass run by 24 points. What the hell did that accomplish? Oh, we want to give our kicker some game time experience. You want to give your kicker some game time experience, score some damn touchdowns, he can get out there all day. Well, didn't he miss the extra point to begin the game with? Blew his ass too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I shouldn't poke and pry. I don't know. And that's that's great. Oh, and I tell you what, you've made my, my first show here fun. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I'm going to make it a lot worse than the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, uh, man, you haven't lost your edge. I'll say that. I'll tell you that right now. Say what? I said the kicker's name is Owen, and that's one Owen that ain't allowed in Tampa. I'll tell you that. Right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Owen, anything else, man? Come on, man. I ain't got nothing else to say. All right. Great to hear from you. Hey. Hey, Weaver, good to talk to you, man. You too, brother. Oh, and man, he's, he's an all-timer, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, it's great to hear from him. Uh, 317-1250, Alex is up next in Charlotte. Hey, Alex. Hey, guys, how's it going tonight? All right. Well, you know, I'm going to kind of echo and jump on Owen's bandwagon a little bit. Like, I, I'm just disappointed, um, obviously, on our performance. Uh, you know, I just like, I, I, I feel like we just got to get kind of used to sucking and, um, even here. No, no, uh, uh-uh, no, we, no, that is not an option. Getting used to sucking. That's not an option. I, I understand what you're going with, but no, we can't, we cannot get used to sucking that. That's well, the, that's the bad part about it. And, and it is, but then like you, we've got to change the mentality. Like listen to you guys talk about, well, Coastal can get these guys. We got to compete with Coastal and Liberty and Old Dominion. Are you kidding me? 
like that's are you like really like so now you're going to lower our us ECU down to that level? No, we they don't want to go to we, we we're not on that level, right? Like that that's not our mindset. But here we are, like well, you know, we can't get the guys because you know Coastal's going to get them and Liberty's going to get them and Old Dominion's going and oh, oh don't forget about Charlotte. Charlotte's got a team. Oh, and App's got a team. Like we've got to change the mindset. Okay, fine. We can think whatever we want, but what the hell good does that do? We just got our ass kicked by App State. I don't understand what you're saying. No, I, I'm saying that you're you're like you know throwing it out like, oh well, you know, hey, that's our excuse. Like, hey, we got you know, we're not going to be able to compete with these guys because they got the recruit. Nobody ever said that. No, no nobody, nobody, nobody said, said that. we couldn't. No, Alex, what are you talking? Nobody about? said that we couldn't compete with those guys, and nobody said that they were getting better athletes than we were. We were just talking about the prop 48s and the athletes that we are not able to get anymore. I mean, look, the reality is we're just not good right now, Alex. And you can should we not? No, we're not. We're not good now. We haven't been good either. That's true. Very true. So, are we on that level with these teams or not? I don't understand what your point is. I think it's a coaching. Thing, um, but like something's got it. Like I don't know. I don't know what it is, and, and you don't know what it is. No. Trying to figure it out, like yeah. you know. But something's going on where, like, like there's no reason why the apps of the world and the coastals and the liberties and the old dominions and even Central Florida can go, you know, a year without winning a damn game, and then now they're back in action. Like, like where? What are we missing? Like where where are we going wrong, and what like we need to stop with the the excuses of like well we can't recruit we can't do this like I don't know what it is and I don't have the answers and you know but like something's got to change or we're going to just get used to sucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we don't. Uh, yeah, you're. I mean, we don't have those answers. I I understand. I got you. All right. Thanks, Alex. All right, All right man. There is Alex in Charlotte. Let's uh, stay in Charlotte and go to Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Hey, how you guys doing? All right, doing good. All right, so I got a, I got a couple things. Um, first, first off, I think the App State offensive coordinator took circles around our D coordinator. Um, I think there was a few plays that stand out, but most notably the the touchdown that didn't count. I thought it was a beautifully drawn up play, and we just weren't ready for it. I, you know, I know that uh, this year. We had uh, a few practices where I, I think a few less practices where we could tackle and it showed uh, where they wore full pads. I don't think we have the same number as in the past. Uh, also, uh, I think you know um, one of the BBs number four Fleming had a had a rough night. I don't think I think he'd agree with that. I think we all kind of saw that. Um, and then I just think uh, again, I think would you guys not give Mason a couple drives? maybe uh, yeah uh, yeah I, i'm i'm okay with if with going you know and, and giving him some playing time i just keep going back and you said you worded it would i i don't know what he's doing in practice or how good he's been how bad he's been uh i wouldn't mind seeing him in a game but again i go back to how reluctant they were to name him second string i don't think they have a lot of confidence in him and billy is going to say which probably rightfully so do you want a young quarterback in with without a lot of experience behind the O-line that is struggling protecting your veteran. So, again, uh, Bobby, like, yeah, we, we talk about Mason, and 
want to see what he's got. I just don't know if the staff is is ready to do it. it and, looks like. and Bobby, I kind of agree with you on that point. Where you know we did talk about where we wanted to see a little bit more up tempo and a little bit more sense of urgency yeah. and more of a two minute drill in that last nine minutes. If you weren't going to do that, then I can see going to Mason and saying, "Okay, look, we've tried. You know, it, it's just not happening with Holton right now." Now, does that mean Holton's not starting quarterback anymore? Mason's going to be your starter and all that? No, that doesn't because everybody has bad games. And if Holton's out there running around for his life and he's not having a particularly great game, I don't see a problem with at the end of the game when you're down what was it, 33-9 or something at that point, to go ahead and try something a little bit different. I don't think that's a slap in the face to Holton. I think that's seeing what you have. But like Clip said, we don't know um, what the coaches, what kind of confidence they have in Mason Garcia, and if they would even... We can read the tea leaves and say it's not absolutely that high right now, though. Right. So I, it, it's just one of those things. This is my fear, and I, my fear, and I was, I was at the game tonight, and one of my fears was, uh, and not, not saying he's on the same talent level, but the whole Justin Fields situation where they didn't play him when, you know, clearly he was the more highly touted com- uh, quarterback coming in, and Jake Fromm, you know, you know, took him, and he was a reasonable quarterback. It just reminds me of that situation, and, um, I, you know, I, why not give him a chance? And especially in this, this world of where college players can transfer without sitting out a year, I mean, yeah. I just call him in there and just see what he got, you know, again. And yeah. uh, one thing that I noticed, like one thing that they said about McKenzie Milton is he was horrible in practice, but he lit it up during the game. So it, it could be one of those situations. That's that's a good point, too, because there are guys, and we've heard this year in and year out at every level, that some guys are practice players, some guys are game day. You know, some guys, they 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 look horrible in practice, but you put those game lights on and they become a different animal. And some guys are great in practice. You put them out in front of 50,000 fans and they shut down. So we just don't know what we have with Mason Garcia right now. We've seen a little bit. of He's had a little bit of playing time, but I don't think enough. And, and just seeing that the the – uh, there's not a whole that do, doesn't seem to be we don't know but there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of confidence in that right now yeah well thanks guys hey thanks bobby appreciate it 317-1250 uh pat is up next in raleigh hey pat 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 yeah can you, can you hear me there you are hey pat yes sir yes sir hey, how's it doing? all right doing good what you all got right. i got a couple things here um, the first thing is, it's like, it feels like watching the game, we, we just don't have a real offense and we don't, we don't know where, or what we're doing in terms of like a, a real identity. And I'm looking at the, uh, stats on the box score and we had 12 designed rushes to the running back and at the same point in time, Holton took off for 12 rushes whether designed or not. It's just, it's just, it's so tough to watch. And like, see, it's where it's like, you know, we keep hyping up these RBs and, um, I don't know. I'm I'm used to the, the old East year. We had that one or two RBs where we could just get behind and ride them. You know, open it up for the QB, whether it be pink mean, you know, whoever it was, Carden, just kind of opened up that offense, and uh, it seems like we're we're just kind of playing it by a year on offense, and just 
you know whatever no identity is that what you're getting at on offense um I, I didn't even realize that until you brought it up and it made me look at the time of possession and it was like 32 to 27 in app's favor so not that bad but that is kind of a that's a weird line for even our running backs it's funny we get calls about why do we keep running the ball at the middle when it's not working well those guys only had 12 combined carries uh what was it eight for rajay i guess Five. uh and four for eight for one four for the other yeah 12 yeah and then you combine that with holton had 12 rushes himself yeah and i think maybe some of those are sacks i think those some of those are sacks but yeah to your point that right i mean they're not they're not designed rpos where holton takes off the ball right i'm just saying when you look at when you look at it end of the game it's like yeah what are we actually trying to put together here well, you, you had mentioned the offense not you you have mentioned the offense not clicking and, and no identity. The other thing that I noticed too is they were they were not on the same page a lot of times. I can remember two plays right off the top of my head. One where there was a throw out to the outside to CJ Johnson. The throw went to CJ. CJ had no idea the ball was even coming, so somebody was off yeah. uh, off on that play. There was another play that looked yep. like it was a designed uh, where you had two offensive linemen out in front of Rajay. He was supposed to turn around, take the quick dump off from Holton, and have the two blockers in front of him. He never turned around. That was another throw that just went to the ground. Those those were a couple of plays that bothered me that they just didn't seem to be on the same page offensively. Yeah, and that's fair. And maybe 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 I was spoiled with the uh, the Lincoln Riley era. Well, I think we all were to a degree. Those offenses were record breaking. Hundred percent. But then at the same point, I mean, again, you look at it, and it's you know two of our top receivers are running backs. But at the same point in time, I mean, we've got we've got one of the, in my opinion, one of the best receiving cores in the country, probably. Yeah, Jay Sneed. I mean, it's Obi. I, mean, a- I, I don't know if they're the, one of the best in the country. Nah, I think they're, they're talented, but and they good. they do have some weapons. We didn't get to see uh, Omotosho tonight as much as we had liked to, and I, I would have liked to have seen him stretch the field. But once again, stretching the field is hard to do when your offensive line isn't giving your quarterback enough time. So, and and, and I didn't think we saw as much uh, possession receiving by Tyler Snead as we had liked to see. And didn't saw, get him involved. Didn't at get all. him involved a whole lot. And like I said, there were times when Holton and CJ were not on the same page. So there was there was just not a whole lot of continuity between quarterback and receiver tonight, in my opinion. No, I, I agree with that. The protection is still probably the weakest spot on the team. But given that, if you if, if you're the coaching staff and you know the protection's down. Why are we not game planning around having a short? Why are we trying to drop back and do long routes? I mean, this should be like a quick two-step, three-step drop, bing, bang, snap, plant. Old Lincoln Riley offense. Yeah, and and that's what I had I had mentioned earlier in the in the show as well. It took until nine minutes to play in the game till we saw a quick middle screen and and some of those you know a, a lot of and that's the thing is we ran those a lot under Lincoln Riley and Lincoln got a lot of uh, flack for that not being innovative not going down the field but it worked it worked all right uh, Pat thanks first, for tuning in man first, first, oh, I'm sorry first touchdown screen flash boom yeah yeah PR touchdown doesn't have to be fancy just make it work make it work all right thank you Pat 
Sorry. Thanks, man. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. We will take. They say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's I, we appreciate it. You, it was a fine call. It went on, you know. Let's keep it. Let's keep it tight. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. Sorry, that's part of my fault too. I get long winded. No, that's my my bad. Um, and man, that screen pass was awesome. Keaton Mitchell actually outran his blockers, and nobody really blocked. It was pretty much all Keaton Mitchell and yeah. speed on that play. Uh. Boy, those were better times. I think he surprised the App State DB too on the the second guy that didn't get. He's the got angle the angle. Yeah, I got the, the angle. I don't have the angle. Oh no! I remember <laughs> them showing the the replay, and I was like, "No, let's let's watch this blocking here." And they were, "Oh, there was <laughs> nobody blocked. There was he no just blocking. outran everybody." Yeah. All right, uh, boy, we have open lines for the first time tonight. Three one seven twelve fifty. More to go after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. We have uh, open <laughs> lines late. for the first time tonight. I know it's late. All right. Uh, it's late. Brown and Wood Drive of the Games brought to you by Brown and Wood, serving the Pirate Nation and Eastern North Carolina for over 80 years. Brown and Wood has four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal, and that's that you leave a happy customer Every single time, Brown and Wood on Greenville Boulevard in Greenville. Online, brownandwoodaldo.com. Drive of the game, not too many to choose from, Weave. So I guess we'll go with the uh, the first touchdown. Yeah, punt. it's uh, five plays, 80 yards. Keaton Mitchell with the, uh, was it 63-yard touchdown run? The missed extra point to make it 6 nothing. But can I make an announcement here? Absolutely. Um, a, one, a, a 104 a.m. announcement. A 104 a.m. announcement. This is breaking news. Yours truly will be starting a new job at Brown and Wood next next week. How about that? Congratulations, Bill. Yeah. You can go to Brown and so Wood. So you can go, you can listen. Are you going to be their cook? I, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, stuff. so I, I know, bear with me for just a second. Did you guys watch Cobra Kai? Yes. I never did. You never did? No. So, Clip, you're yeah. with me, right? Yeah. Um, they had so the car dealership. The, Is that where you're going? Yeah, that's where I'm going. And, of course, um, the, he gave out uh, uh, Daniel, Daniel son. Daniel. Gave out uh, to everybody that bought a new car a bonsai tree. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking maybe throw out a burrito or two for <laughs> yeah, the car. There you so, go. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when you go through the negotiations, you're like, <laughs> three burritos, and I'll buy this car. A now, burrito. How about, how about two and a half burritos? <laughs> look, look, two and, let me talk to my manager. Two and a half burritos. I think I can get you two and a half burritos. Brown and Wood, Billy Weaver. Yeah, come, so come see me. Come right. see me. I, uh, we got all kinds of good cars. Good stuff, Weaver. Good stuff. And uh, Weaver will be here. I uh, Look, it's hard to say I've enjoyed anything tonight, but... Having you here, great addition to the fifth quarter. Been a lot of fun. It has been so fun. I'm enjoying it's it. been a lot of fun. And, I just came uh, here for the T-shirt. That's all. You got your tea, so make sure you show up next week after the, uh, the South Carolina game. Uh, no, I'll be here because I, I think the South Carolina game is going to be a fun one. I do too. You I, know what? We, we did talk about that. We talked about you know, okay, how's this going to affect attendance? And we yeah. talked about that a little bit. Now, if you think about it, look, do you know anybody that likes football that doesn't want to go be in the stands mm-hmm. at Dowdy Ficklin to see, to see a live football game with no restrictions, with the potential to have 30,000, 40,000 people in there, a real atmosphere and a real event in Greenville. Do you know anybody who wouldn't want that? 
not anybody that's even partway a football fan right. and a pirate that's what fan. That's what I'm saying. That so, I mean, yeah. you know what? People are going to go out there. They're going to have fun tailgating. It's going to be an early tailgate. I get that. And, it's yeah. you know, there's all kinds of debates on the early tailgates and all that. Whatever. It's going to be – weather's probably going to be good. It's it's September. It's Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. It's the home opener. It's an SEC opponent. Man, I don't see any reason not to go to that game. So I understand people are frustrated tonight. There's a lot of people that call in, uh, fire this guy, you know, uh, sit this guy, bench this guy, this guy. You know, are we ever going to be good again? We suck. We suck again. You know, the whole thing, the Bobby Boucher <laughs> oh, thing. No. Oh, no. We suck again. You know, the whole thing. I get that. People are frustrated. But you know what? Tomorrow's another day, and by the time midweek rolls around and people get excited and, you know, you see the flags running around Greenville, people having their flag. Man, people are going to get into it. They're going to go right to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. I uh, truly believe that. All right, 317-1250. If you want to jump in, you need to do so now. We will take a timeout, come back. Still more to go on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We're back after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right. It has been a uh, a fun one tonight, uh, thanks to you, your calls. And we had a ton of them. And lines were locked and loaded until uh, our last segment. We finally uh, had some open lines. So if you want to jump in, you can. We got one more break to take. Do want to thank Tiebreakers for the awesome postgame meal tonight. Burgers, wings, hand-cut, hand-breaded chicken tenders, Fresh salads, cold beer. That's the starting lineup at Tiebreakers, and they've been keeping customers happy for 20 years. Kind of hard to believe it's really? been 20 years, but I was there yeah, from yeah, day one. I, I was too, and I, it, did, it didn't really dawn on me, but yeah, 20 years. And, so, they're, and they're growing. Family yes. atmosphere, that's right. They'll be in Wonderful in my neck of the wonderful. woods right yep. down the road in Winterville. It's, so, it's uh, wonderful. 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 Uh, get Tiebreakers to go. And uh, that includes curbside pickup. You can order online at tiebreakersnc.com. And uh, let's go around the horn. Shirley had the chicken Caesar salad, no tomatoes. Chandler went with the classic, tiebreakers classic cheeseburger, fries. Yep. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Billy Weaver went with the boneless wings. Honey barbecue. And I went with the cheesesteak, but I had it in a wrap. By the way, rather than bread, that good. it did look good. Man, I thought the good. I thought the same thing because I asked you. I looked over there and I was like, "Ooh, what is that?" When you have a I wrap, next time it it, it looks healthy, but it it's, but it's still, still a cheesesteak, and it was still good. <laughs> so uh, great food tonight. Thanks to Tiebreakers for providing our post game meal. We'll have an early edition of the Bud Light pregame tailgate next Saturday. 8 a.m. We'll be with you, uh, taking you up to the noon kickoff and then back with you next Saturday on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. And it's going to be a fun one. We will be uh, recapping the game and also uh, looking forward to our Washington football team taking the field yes. the following day for the first time. Okay, so we're, we're going to talk about this now so that we get right with it. You did say that you're going to wear your a Washington football team hat I think are I'm going to go wearing a Redskins hat. I think I'm going to go. Well, yeah, I don't own a Washington football. Right, team I don't hat. either. But that's it is a because you can it's say the Joe that Gibbs classic R, R the burgundy, which hat. could still be used. And I'll probably go with a uh, 
a Riggins jersey on the post game show next okay. week. Okay, I, I don't. Uh, You're not a Jersey guy. That's fine. I'm not a Jersey guy. I do have plenty of pullovers and t-shirts that are Washington. I, I got a, a cool lid that I don't wear very often. Right. That I think uh, it's a fitted white lid. Mm. With, with, it's a it's mm. a white it's a white lid with a silver silverish gray logo on it. Okay. So it's it's a little different. There's no there's no burgundy and gold on it. Okay. It's all white and silver. White and silver. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll rock that next okay. week during the uh, the postgame show here on Pirate Radio. All right. This is it. Last call for your calls, and we're going to go home because guess what? Tomorrow's a work day. Uh, it is Friday. I'll be able to recap this uh, for three more hours on Pirate Radio Live from 3 to 6 tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, we're going to wrap it up after this timeout. If you got anything to say, say it now. We're back with you to wrap it up after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, wrapping up uh, tonight's edition of the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. I'd say for 1.19 a.m., we had 69 viewers still on Facebook going into that last break, and uh, we're still in the 30s on YouTube. It has dropped dramatically at our peak, but at this point in the a.m. weave, people... Uh, still tuned in with us so uh we appreciate that it was a uh, a fun night good calls and uh it's not the way we wanted the game to go but we had a uh, successful day here at pirate radio we did and you know what it still had the, look stay on the ship pirates still have a chance to have a very successful um year i, I think they'll do much better in the aac they've you know they've proven that they can they can play with some teams in the AAC, and I don't think the AAC is all. Aside from Cincinnati, Cincinnati's going to be really good. Marshall's going to be good again, um, but there are winnable games on this schedule, including and I think next Saturday. I was about to say exactly that, including next Saturday. I feel maybe too good about that game right now. I don't know. I, something mm-hmm. about it uh, just kind of makes me feel like the Pirates can put together a good performance. We'll see what South Carolina does against Eastern Illinois this week and who we, their quarterback's going to be that's true because they're going to go with the uh the grad assistant this week and hope their quarterback Doty, i believe his name yeah. is will be healthy enough to go uh in greenville next saturday and that's that's that may be pushing it yeah because they're yeah. they're talking about they're they're hopeful for an early season return and that i saw a quote too mean week two they said they're hopeful he'll be a hundred percent for ecu which tells me that 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 like the best possible option is he feels good enough to play. You know what I'm saying? Like even right, if right. he does play, he's not going to be 100 percent of what he is. Well, and it's going to be very interesting to see how their grad assistant plays um, against. Maybe he plays so good they won't want the other. Exactly. Guy. Yeah. Exactly. It Maybe could. He throws it, four that picks. could. You, you never know. You never so. know. So that's going to be a fun game to watch too. Billy, uh, extra game on the schedule to watch now. There you go. Uh, great stuff, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah, appreciate it. We'll be uh, with Weave after the games every week here on Pirate Radio. Shirley. We made it through uh, week one. Only 11 more to go. 12 if we have Ooh. a bowl game. I didn't have to cuss anybody out tonight. So That's not true. That was not true. You <laughs> no, no, cussed no. somebody out before we even got started. That was before the show. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah. That, that doesn't, doesn't count. count. That's a technicality. During the, show, during the show, I didn't have to cuss anybody out. But well, before the show, I did. Also, I think she cussed someone out, but it was after she hung up the phone. So it wasn't. 
So yeah, technically I itself. did. Yeah, technically right, I right. was I was venting. We're making a lot of technicalities of here. Technicalities. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll go with it. Uh, Chan man, good job, buddy. Thank you, man. Well, uh, Billy, great to have you, man. Thank you, thank you. I love. Hey, we had a couple like awesome celebrations in here. I, there was we had one, two, one that was taken back. A lot of high fives. A lot, a lot of high, high fives. fives. And yeah. there was one time, I think it was the potential Hail Mary uh, that touchdown. Was, that was a big one. The the reaction we had, I was like, man, what a great uh, uh, watch party that would have been. That would have been, yeah. 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 Which, by the way, Medor's in, uh, Weaver, for a Washington-Dallas oh, watch in. party oh, game I'm in. this I'm season. In. I'm in. All right. That awesome. could turn bloody. <laughs> it could really. The way Medor will be chipping away at Weaver, <laughs> Weaver will get mad. I don't know what could happen. All right, uh, Chandler, we'll see you Monday. Yes, sir. Shirley, we'll be back uh, 3 o'clock on these airwaves on Friday. Yep. Yep. And I'll talk to you on Tuesday. All right, and we will be on the show on Tuesday. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to Domino's for the great pregame food, to Tiebreakers for the awesome postgame food, and thank you folks for tuning in and for giving us a call. Here on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We'll be back with you next Saturday, 8 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and after the ECU South Carolina game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. For Shirley, Chandler, Weave, I'm Cliff Brock. So long, everybody. You have been listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Join us next time for complete postgame coverage of East Carolina football, exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.